Hey, can you flesh that out for me? Wow. Tell me a little bit more Swimming about that. in shallow waters. Are you serious? Okay, let's go a little deeper. <laughs> Alright. Let's get into it. Welcome to Listen and Speak. So thankful to be on this week. So we have with us Dr. Eric Reese. But before that, you guys know what Listen and Speak is. We're here to get into it, Lord, not to break people down, but to build them up. That's why we get into it here and here to provide value to our audience in a unique way of going deeper beneath the surface. So let's get into it. And I am so, so uh, stoked to introduce our guest here, Dr. Eric Reese. He is a peak performance consultant an executive health coach, writer, and national speaker. He has spent the last decade of his life studying and treating and coaching and consulting individuals on finding ways to improve their ability to maximize their bodies, brains, and in turn their businesses. His work has been published in some of the most well-known publications in the world, ranging from Under Armour, My Fitness Pal, Lifehack, Addicted to Success, Business to Community, Workforce.com, The Brain Health Magazine, Thrive Global, The Good Men Project, the President's Forum, Evolve Health, Manor Relief, and the Twin Cities Wellness Collective. I think it goes without saying, this man is a rock star, and I'm super happy to have him. So, Dr. Eric Reisman, how are you doing? I'm doing so well. It's so good to see you again, and I love what you do with this podcast. So, I'm excited to dig in and catch up. Oh, well, let's. we're going to definitely dig in, and we're definitely going to go past the surface. So, obviously... You know, I like to dig and I like to do research and I love to stalk <laughs> in a good way. Um, and in stalking, I, I learned a lot about you, but I've also learned a lot about you for the better part of a year now. We've been connected. Um, and I got to make sure we stay on task here because we want to provide value to the audience and not just be kicking it. Um, but I think of something that I, I have on my wall and I have just quoted in my head that the very thing that just unnerves you the most is a problem that you were created to solve. And I know when I see your material, when I read your articles, when I've gone to your website, there is a problem that you have cre- were created to solve and there's something that's bothered you. And so I, I want to know, you know, why is it that you do what you do? Like what, what drove you to do what you wanted to do and to be involved in the career path you're in now? Oh man, how much time do we have? Um, you know, I love that question because if you would have asked me that question a year ago versus five years ago versus 10, 20 years ago, you would have gotten a completely different answer from me. And I'm so grateful to have the people in my life who I have that surround me, my parents, my family, my friends. And one thing that my, my amazing mother always tells me, she's always saying she can't wait to figure out what she's going to be when she gets older. And I feel like I'm still in that mindset of trying to figure out what I want to be when I get older. Uh, Careers change, jobs change, but my mission has always been to try and help people just live the best lives possible. Whether that means me seeing them clinically and being their doctor, whether that means me seeing uh, my clients and helping with consulting and coaching, whether that's me being, you know, a good spouse and trying to help my loved ones become better, solve problems, and just sometimes just be there to support them. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the the biggest thing that really drives me is that I know that humans have limitless potential and we all in some way, shape or form 
limit our capacity based off of the fact that we think that we're not worthy or we're not capable or that other people possess things that we don't. And, you know, we forget we share 99% of the same DNA as chimpanzees. Mm -hmm. So if 1% can be the difference between all of us versus the rest of humanity in the animal world, um, that 1% also carries a lot of weight between how we all differ individually. And if it, when we really dig into it and understand neurology and, uh, you know, even getting into like string theory with quantum mechanics and stuff like that, we just go down the rabbit hole and we really don't have a lot of substance behind uh, why some people accomplish things and why others don't. It's really comes down to a mindset and a belief, hard work, dedication, of course, but believing in something is such a powerful thing. And I think that's uh, a really big driver for me is understanding how people's beliefs really manifest into their reality. And more importantly, too, how can we change limiting beliefs to be um, limitless beliefs? I think that we all want to have that life, but very few of us are actually able to get that. And so I've been on a mission to try and help people get there and change beliefs and change my beliefs. I mean, the reason why I do all of this is because I've had to try and fix myself before I fix anybody else. Um, and I, I, I think that there's just so much to be said about trying to help people live a healthy life, live a happy life, and especially with 2020 and what it's given us. I think now more than ever, we need that messaging, um, more, more than ever we've had in the past. I appreciate that. And, and, um, just listening to you talk and, and following your work, was there an event, a specific thing that happened in, in, in childhood or in your young adulthood that fed into that, like, this is the problem that I was created to solve. Like, now I know what my mission is. Now, obviously, that changes from year to year uh, and over the course of life. But there's sometimes that that thing that turns on the light for us. When did that happen for you? I don't know. Um, you know, I was that kid that was always into bugs and insects and reptiles and animals and all of that. Um you know, when you start in kindergarten and everybody plays little league soccer. And so you're just like little humans hovering around the soccer ball. And, and you see all these kids just running after the ball. Like I was that kid when everyone was like running after the soccer ball and chasing the soccer ball going this way. Like I was the kid going the opposite way, running after like a monarch butterfly. Like clearly I was in my own world doing my own thing. Um, I think it's really just been a series of moments. Um, you know, my whole life up throughout high, till high school and into college was really playing sports. I played hockey and soccer my entire life. Um, and with that being said, you know, having hits to the head and concussions and things like that really kind of just changed my perspective. I've always wanted to help people. I've always wanted to figure out how to have the best brain, the best body, the best mind. And when I got into college, I really dug into the, the research and the didactic kind of aspects of, of education on that. Um, and so, I would say just my, my life journey has really kind of brought me here. I I've kind of just been at mercy to my environment for lack of a better term, because of the things that I've done and the events that have happened. And I've been very fortunate that I haven't had a career ending or life ending injury, but I know what it's like to be moved around and, 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 and pushed around. I mean, I was five, 10, a buck 30 in high school. I mean, there were guys who were, you know, six to 200 pounds on the ice skating against me that, you know, turned me into a rag doll. So, I think at the end of the day, a, a big moment for me was when I was in college and had the opportunity to do research with a neurologist who was studying movement disorders and people with like Parkinson's.
Parkinson's dystonias and um, these different neurodegenerative conditions, it just opened my eyes to a completely different world. And as I got deeper into the brain and specifically studying the brain and psychology and um, understanding how, you know, all of these things play and integrate with each other, that's really when I kind of really found my, my nerdiness coming to my advantage is being able to really hone it into a specific lane to say, this is it, this is what I want to pursue. And ever since then, I've just been on an endeavor to try and answer the question of, of why, why, why are we here? Why are we put on this earth? More importantly, like, why me? Why not me? Why them? Why not them? Right. And so what is the difference and where do we have common denominators? How can we help people update their software as efficiently and as quickly as possible to get them to do the things they want to do? And clinically, I've been very fortunate to serve a ton of uh, patients who've been in interesting situations. And that was kind of my whole endeavor to do with getting into the corporate consulting space as well as realizing that if people who have brain injuries and concussions and neurodegenerative conditions, if they can change their brains and their bodies and change their functionality, then what do you have as an excuse, as a corporate executive, as a business owner, as an employee for a company to say, oh, I, I, I can't do that or I can't accomplish that. All of those conversations go out the door because you have far more capacity than somebody who's been injured. And for me, that's opened up a lot of doors just personally understanding that some of the beliefs that I have are nothing compared to what other people deal with. And so it's been humbling and it's been an honor to serve those people. And I continue to do so because I just get so much fulfillment helping people just like exactly what you do. I mean, you're, you're amazing at what you do and you do it because of the people. We don't do it for the accolades or making the cover of New York times or anything like that. Uh, we just, we love people. And that's a, that's a good way to live your life. Exactly, man. The, the emotional currency of helping people versus the the financial currency. It's like when you put people first, that'll all take care of itself. And, and listen to you talk, I hear the passion exuding from you. And also, just from the way I perceive you, you also seem like a very independent thinker, one who's not followed a crowd and one who doesn't follow the pack. So I do want to ask this unique question. Who were the big influences in your life and, and what inspired you in, in your career uh, feel because you don't seem like a very impressionable person, but someone has had to make an impression <laughs> upon you. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've been very lucky and I've put in a lot of time and energy and effort trying to find influences and in people who I can learn from mentors, I mean, whether I've paid them as coaches, whether they've been consultants or whether they've just been somebody who I've been fortunate enough to have crossed my path. Um, I would, I would have to inevitably say my parents have been huge influences on me um, personally, professionally, psychologically, emotionally. I mean, I've, I've, I still go to them at times where I don't know what to do. I'm frustrated. I have, you know, questions I don't have answers to. Um, I was very lucky to have a great relationship with my uh, grandfather, my mom's father. And he was a very interesting man. He was uh, a war vet. He was uh, a father, a husband, he had eight children. And so he had experiences that, you know, many of us may, may not ever encounter. And he had an interesting event happen in his life. He was um, brought up to be very masculine, very, you know, don't show emotion. The, the, the man is the, the breadwinner of the house and, and all of that. And so he wasn't always as loving as he could have been. And he ended up having a heart attack in his early 40s, maybe maybe even into his late, later 40s, and it completely changed him. It completely changed his demeanor, his mindsets, 
the way he treated people around him. And I was fortunate enough to, to meet him after the fact that he had his heart attack and he was nothing but an amazing man. He taught me so much. We spent so much time together. We would build things together and he was just an innovator. He was always inventing things. He built his own pontoon. He built uh, so many different inventions that, you know, never manifested to make money or get patented, but he was always thinking. And I always, I always absorbed that from him because he was always asking the question, why? And more importantly, too, he's asking the question of, why not me? You know, I think that was an early influence in my life to see somebody truly question everything around them to try and challenge the status quo. So, you know, scaling from my grandfather and then moving on, I'm a huge fan of history and stoicism. So getting into, you know, Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and uh, all these amazing Greek and Roman philosophers and even people of modern day, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of um, Phil Knight. I just got done reading his autobiography, which was amazing. I finished it in 24 hours. Like I just couldn't put the book down. People who are modern day innovators who are doing things and going against the grind really intrigue me because their brains think differently, but they're no different than you and I. So even though they may have grown up differently or they may have had different, you know, early childhood exposures, uh, they just didn't stop. And they kept challenging and they kept pushing, even with failure after failure after failure. So mm. uh, I think the list would be too far gone if I had to list every one of my mentors. But uh, my, my grandfather was definitely a significant turning point in my life who helped guide my thought process and my approach on how to live. I appreciate that. You just shared an earful and I'm just absorbing all that. But also, as you're talking about your granddad and, and what I'm hearing is kind of after an event in his life that, that shook him up he found a very unique way to change his life, a unique way to kind of rise to the occasion. And that inspired you because you talk a lot about that in your writings. Um, one thing I love doing is I love reading. Like people just know this, that Eric writes the same way he talks. So when I'm reading his writings, it's like I'm, I'm listening to a video of his. <laughs> He's very easy to read. Um, but, and you're, you're inspired obviously by the mind shift and the mindset. And so, Thinking of who's inspired you, what you've taken from there, what you've actually built a business with, uh, for our audience, like what are some of the practical ways people can change their brains? Because that is like your, that's your passion. That's the problem. That is the obsession. And that is the thing you've been created to solve in order to change their life. Can you describe some of those things? Like, so there's some takeaways for us here. Yeah, I think number one, and I would say this is probably the most important takeaway is the fact that people are even aware of the fact that they can change their brains. If we go back to some of the research, I'd say the forties through the fifties and sixties, you know, we thought that the brain was just, you grow up and once you hit puberty and once you hit adulthood, you're just, you're done. Your brain's done changing. There's, there's no other central changes that happen. And so the fact that we live in 2021 and we know the brain changes until the day we die it's the reason why you can learn something new until the day you die. More importantly, too, we know that there are areas of the brain that actually create new neurons. And that's a huge step that very few people truly understand the magnitude. You can literally think differently and create daily habits that will facilitate your brain to expand your capacity. You're, you're genuinely doing something to help your, your hardware not only evolve, but your software can still evolve on top of that. And I think that's powerful. Um, as far as people having some takeaways and being able to implement some things, I think that 
the, the power of your mindset is, is, is such an important factor in this. Mm-hmm. The way you perceive your world and the way that you look at your world will manifest to creating changes in the world that you expect. We are mm-hmm. really good at creating a reality. Really good. And quantum physics and neuroscience and neuropsychology are all coming together at this one common theme that whatever you believe, you will perceive. And it's the kind of the mm. same concept of looking at it as the glass half empty, half full. I mean, that's been hit over and over and over again, but it's genuinely true. Our perceptions will shape our reality and then our reality will reinforce that. Um, but the, the difficult thing with a lot of people is, you know, we, we, we have to believe something even when it's not physically there. You have to feel that you're wealthy before you're truly wealthy. You have to imagine yourself being healthy before you can get healthy. I mean, there are components of this that are mind over matter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. So, you know, what I do with my clients and, and people who come, come to me with these same problems is we, we look at the way that they think in their beliefs. That's number one. We have to change their mindset, their beliefs on the topic that they're struggling with. And that might be many of them. We have to literally dig in and go to each one of those components to find what's limiting them. Secondly, we really have to understand uh, their, their habits and their actions. Actions will always speak louder than words. It's easy to walk the walk, but to talk the talk is, is, a, is, is the only way we're ever going to get the outcomes we're looking for. So in order to have that happen, we have to change our daily habits. And that involves the brain. That's 101. So changing your habits is so important. That's eating better, sleeping better, moving better, all of those things. And things you and I talk about endlessly, not only on LinkedIn, but when we have conversations, changing your habits will change your life. Yeah, we have, you and I have talked ad nauseum <laughs> about many of these things. And speaking of that, Matt, you hit the nail on the in the coffin right there. You knocked it out of the park, but... I want to actually go back to uh, an article that you wrote, uh, and it, it was titled The Top Two Ways to Stop Letting Fear Decide Your Fate. But you also got very pragmatic because a lot of times, you know, when it comes to the brain and it comes to the mind, people get out here in this ethereal world and they think, I'll never be able to do that. I'll never be able to approach that. And they lose the practical, applicable uh, side of it. And they really never get into that place where they can shift. Yeah. You know, that, that's where I get annoyed because I'm very kinesthetic. I'm like, OK, how do I do it? Thank you for all the information. Now just tell me how to do it. And so with that, I'm just thinking about everything you just said. And I want to, I'm going to quote this without butchering it, but I have to leave it out in the interest of time. This is what you said in your article. You said, one of the easiest ways to overcome fear is to physically move your body. Physical exercise not only makes us look and feel better, but it also promotes beneficial neuroplasticity and change in the brain and dot, dot, dot. And it's potentially one of the most effective ways to combat depression and anxiety. Move the body, folks. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very simple. Move the body. And it's, you know, I don't think you've shared any information that people don't already know, right? We know that exercise is such an impactful and great way to lose weight, to feel better, and do all of this stuff. It's literally getting people to take action. And I think that is one of the fine lines that I have to walk with my writing and speaking is that there's a lot of really good literature and research to back all this stuff up. I didn't do any of this research. I'm not smart enough to be able to go and do a peer-reviewed, double-blind, placebo-controlled study. And I don't want to. That's not, that's not my jam. I'd much rather be hanging out and having conversations and building relationships. 
is. But but people know that. So, you know, there's a there's a fine line between understanding the why and then implementing the how. And I feel like mm. there are two different camps. There's the why camp, the people who love to explain it and talk about the theoreticals. And then there's a how camp where people are like, okay, well, this is how you're going to do that. But no one's put them together to say, okay, well, here's why you exercise. It changes your brain. It allows you to mm-hmm. decrease stress. They can literally help you grow new neurons inside of your brain to help you be smarter, stronger, faster, and more intelligent. On top of that, too, it'll help you sleep better, and it can literally change your DNA. When people understand all of that together succinctly, there's a far better chance that they're going to implement it. And from the research that I've seen, anything over like 10 to 15 minutes of exercise a day really doesn't have as much benefit as those first 5 to 10, 15 minutes. So if people knew that and they didn't think they had to go for a CrossFit workout every day, maybe they'd be a little bit more apt to implement that, create that as a habit, and then and then never think about it ever again because they can automatically do it just like brushing their teeth or tying their shoes before they go to work. Man. You're not going to listen to you talk for hours. And that's the <laughs> thing. It's like, I like the way you said, if people knew that. And I want to take it a step further. If people believe that. You know, we believe what we do. And I know that makes sense. I'm preaching to the choir with you because you're all about the brain. When that belief system is locked in and that habit becomes inculcated, the thing we habitually do will practice. And what we practice, we will perfect. So and true. so I know your mission in a sense is like, let me bring you to the place where you actually believe this truth that is beneficial for you. Man, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of absorbing all this. So in, in light of that, there's problems and there's going to be problems. This is why you have clientele. In your opinion, what is the biggest barrier or hurdle that people face in finding success? Is it the belief? Is it the knowledge? Is it the the mindset of I tried it before and failed or I don't even want to start? I'm scared. Um, now, that's just my question. You know, you I know you want to answer that you know, in a way that's most helpful for our audience and also in a way that, you know, you want to get it out there. So go for it, man. You know, I will, I will say this. I think the biggest thing that's limited my ability to reach the success that I've wanted is, has been my mindset because I know a lot of this stuff, right? I, I literally created shift because I wanted to figure out how I could be more productive by using the information that I knew. I knew, I know that I understand the neuroscience. I understand the nutrition that, you know, I understand the strength and conditioning components of like workouts and doing all of those things. Like I, I have the educational components with that, but I didn't implement them as well as I could have. And so for me, it was a really big thing with mindset. I think mindset is such a foundational thing that we have to work on daily. It's kind of like bathing. We have to do it daily because we're dealing with a, you know, a 40,000, if not a multi-million year old brain that's stuck in the 21st century that has never encountered cell phones or social media or the constant stressors and distractions that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Brains weren't designed to handle that. And so that's why we have so many people who are confused, comparing themselves to others. They feel down about themselves. They see a 20 year old kid who made a million dollars and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, 45 years old with three kids. I could never do that. Why does that kid have more benefit than I do? There's so many things we compare ourselves to that really don't benefit our belief systems. So beliefs are just so foundational for that. And when people believe, they take action. I've seen it. I've seen it in the clinic. I've seen it in the, in the, in the, um, in an office setting. I've seen it in my personal life, my professional life. When you believe something, 
you don't have to question it anymore. You know what's going to happen and you know you'll do it. You do anything for it. If somebody got mm. diagnosed with something horrible today, but the doctor said you could take steps to get rid of this, you would do anything it takes to get rid of that. You would change your diet. You'd sleep differently. You would get stressors out of your life, do whatever it would be. People will change. It's just sometimes we wait until it's too late or a traumatic event happens or some big mm -hmm. life stressor happens for us to finally change. My question is why wait for that? Why not do it today? <laughs> you keep dropping these bombs and then you just leave me here to absorb this. <laughs> but I'm sure the audience is thinking the same thing. So that's it, folks. Why not do it today? You've heard the question here. And we don't do it today in a sense because we don't believe, because we know, you know, uh, knowledge can be a strange thing because the same sun that melts the wax often hardens the clay. Knowledge applied is what brings success. And I know that's why you're out there doing what you do and out there connecting and building those relationships. And I think of the neurology project, why it is so successful. You know, I was, I was looking um, through that and through your website and all the testimonials, like people, this guy is not a quack. <laughs> He's the real deal. These are actual patients, actual people who have benefited from having their mindset and their brain shifted. Um, not only do you know how the brain works, but you also know how the body works. And so the brain and body often work together. I think we leave out that physical component. And we talked about that earlier. So I just really want people to take away the fact that we can believe, but we need to act. And we're only going to act um, when we've taken in things in our eye gate in our ear gate that shift us from where we are. Oh man. So important. Yes. Go for it, man. I was just going to say, you know, um, Annette Benil is a movement specialist and she has an amazing saying. And I think I quote this in nearly every article I write. I need to stop because I just, I should just talk to her and let her know. I just, I love her stuff. Um, she has a quote that says movement is the language of the brain. And mm -hmm. I love that quote. It's, it's an amazing, amazing way to justify and show how impactful movement is. There's a reason that babies move in the womb way before they come out. Movement literally drives our brain to develop and grow and change and adapt. And our brains are always doing that. Movement is one of the most effective ways to change your mental state, your physical state. It's one of the best ways to change how you perceive your world. And it's, it's something that we take for granted because it's so simple. Jim Rowan uh, talked about what's simple to do is also simple not to do. And movement, we all take it for granted until we lose it. And if you see somebody on their deathbed or you see somebody who's been paralyzed or crippled because of a condition, all they want to do is move. All they want to do is be able to do the things that they wanted to do. And we forget and take for granted how many things our brains do without us having to think about it. If anybody on here has had to put any extra thought into balancing their blood sugar over the last 20, 30 minutes, if anybody on here has had to think about, you know, controlling every single muscle that they've been using to hold themselves up for their posture, if anyone's had to think about any of that stuff, then we've got a lot to talk about. And Jamal and I are here to talk with you about that. That's a problem, right? Our brains are efficient and they're designed so well. And the, the, the best thing you can do is move your body, move your brain and move your emotions. Listen to music. That's why so many people fall in love with it. It just, it, it takes you on this emotional roller coaster. Um, and there's so many things that can come from it. Uh, humans are novel seekers. 
And, and we need to continue to do that physically, mentally, and emotionally. And I wish more people would take us up on, on those offers. And so there's a reason why we're having this conversation. And I don't think that this will be the last one that we'll have is we need to get people moving again. We need to get people getting out and challenging the status quo of what they think is possible in their lives. And everything's possible. You just have to go after it and realize that mistakes are going to happen. stressors is going to happen, but you can get there. And I'm a big believer in that. And I hope you are too. Perfectly stated, man. The time to take action is now. Uh, and you know my story well. Uh, movement is important to me because I watched my own father who had a stroke struggle to move and to do the things that he did before. So this is a reason why I go out and put out so many miles. It actually is a story behind that. And it's a story behind what all of us do. So whatever your story may be and whoever you've seen, whoever you know who has had trouble uh, with movement and with doing things that were easy once, take that, run with it, create your own story. Uh, really, please don't let this, <laughs> what everything Dr. Eric has said, just fall by the wayside. I really pray that this lands. There's a proverb that says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I think this whole podcast, this whole time we've been talking could be summed up in those words. Uh, so Dr. Eric, I'm super thankful for you coming on, man. And this is definitely can't be the last time we do this. I have one last question for you. Other than the neural connection, which is amazing, please go to that website. I'll let you flesh that out. Where can folks find you if they're looking for you? Because they need to take part in this. Great question. So um, <clears throat> so I'm in private practice in, in Minnesota. My, my clinic name is The Neural Connection. So um, I'm seeing patients actively with that, but I also do consulting as well. And so uh, shifttograde.com is my website for my consulting. And um, right now I'm split part-time with both of those because I just can't get enough of both of them. And seeing patients will always be a passion of mine and helping individuals who aren't patients, but are clients and, and being able to use my consulting services has been nothing but a blast. So um, I think if you type my name in, you're going to either find me or you're going to find some amazing photographer down in South America who has amazing work. So uh, you should be able to weed out, but I'm all over LinkedIn too. And um, you know, that's the funny story about that is that's exactly how Jamal and I met. Jamal and I have never physically met personally, but I would consider you a good friend of mine already just with the few conversations that we've had and the energy you bring just to the world. So um, I'm so excited that you've started this podcast because this is what people need. And more importantly too, uh, this is going to be just such an amazing thing for everybody that is on LinkedIn and on different platforms to be able to listen to what you're able to offer the world. So I'm just grateful that I was able to be a part of it. I'm super grateful you came, man. Thanks for the endorsement. <laughs> you just sold this thing. I don't even have to. So I appreciate that, man. Perfect. Eric, Bro, I, I say bro because we're just friends, man. Uh, yeah, you're you're a rock star. You're on the scales out there, but I'm thankful to have a friendship with you offline. Even though we have not met in person, uh, the connection is amazing. And that's what happens, people, you know, when you make a connection with someone who's into building relationships. That also does help the brain shift in an organic way. So we certainly have done more than get into it on here. And hopefully it's been to everyone's benefit. So uh, Dr. Eric, please. Come join us again in the future. And thank you so much for joining and listen and speak. I can't wait, man. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Grace and peace, everybody. We're at the end of our show and just want to thank you for coming to take the time to get into it with us over here at Listen Then Speak. We do want to ask that you would feel free to visit the website at www.listenthenspeak.com. 
drop us off some feedback. And if you also want to be a guest on the show, feel free to email me at jmarsh1218 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. I want to leave my guests with one thing. What is one thing that can help each of us to listen, then speak and broach topics with our fellow man in a manner that is mutually beneficial? Feel free to join us next week. Take care, everyone. Grace and peace.